0: A heavy blow to the skull. This is not a jazz. Hey, everybody. And welcome back to for Movies Delivered Podcast. As always, I'm dead. today we have a very sleepy caveman.
1: Hi. I should wear my Snorlax, Lindsay. <laughs>
0: Of course you have a Snorlax onesie.
1: Go get my Snorlax onesie. I'm going to be in costume this entire recording. Where is it? It's on my uh, set of drawers by the treadmill. And of course I have a Snorlax onesie. He is one of my favorite Pokemon.
0: Welcome to the show, everybody. (laughs) This audio-only show. (laughs) I'm
1: going to be in costume the entire
0: time. (laughs) Ah, Fuck. Yeah, so... We we're talking about movies and stuff, but I guess first, kind of big thing, big thing for me at least, we're on Spotify now.
1: Yay! Hey!
0: So hey, if you're listening to this from Spotify, Wants to be stepped on it. hi, welcome to this go, stupid shit.
1: Baby, we are recording. They can hear you.
0: And I'm sitting here being awkward because I know she can't hear me, so if I talk, I'll just be talking over her. And that's assuming that she makes it into the edit. Yeah. Cuz for all Sorry we know with a one. with this just microphone and the quality of it, she'll just be she'll just be removed when I do the EQ. I'm an audio error.
1: At least you know what you're doing.
0: I really don't. I'm mainly guessing.
1: You know better than me. You probably know better than most of the people.
0: Anyway, Caveman, what have you been watching?
1: Uh, What have I been watching? Well, besides our progress on Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) We've
0: been on Spotify for a day.
1: Yeah, I know. It was a joke.
0: And I mean, to be fair, we have reached three people.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: So that's something.
1: Well, the first thing I want to talk about is something that... Dad has wanted me to have watched for a while, but didn't. I didn't actually get around to it until very recently, um, and that is Spooderman, Far from Home. Oh hey boy, this is And I gotta say, they almost, almost had me. <laughs> I almost almost believed that uh, uh that it was like parallel universe um mysterio whose actual backstory made him into a good guy and that either we'd get the real world mysterio like ha- ha- towards the end of the movie or in another movie
0: wow you got fucking
1: got almost yeah almost almost because part of me was like Oh, that would be very interesting. A nice twist on the twist. Yeah, it'd be interesting. We're going to fucking do it. Yeah, no, of course not. That's why I said almost, almost. <laughs> My wife, on the other hand, the first time she saw Mysterio, first time she saw him, is he the bad guy? I bet he's an evil wizard. I'm just sitting there like, oh, I love you. <laughs> Cause, and she based it entirely on color theory. She based her theory, the fact that he was a bad guy, entirely on color theory. It's like those are the colors that they give villains. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? You're right, babe. Now that I think about it, he wears the colors that they give villains.
0: Well, yeah, that's because the green is the. I don't know. I don't know what the actual term is. It, but like it's opposite on the color wheel or something, so it makes red pop more. That's why. It, that's why a huge number of Spider-Man villains are green. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, Doc Ock, Electro. Goblin, Vulture. All primarily green. Goblin. I say goblin.
1: I heard Doc Ock Electro and uh, Vulture.
0: Yeah, I said I believe I said goblin. I mean it's anyway. kinda hard not to. It's it's half of his name.
1: Uh there's also the Hobgoblin, who's a different shade of green.
0: Well no, Hobgoblin is orange.
1: Is he? Yep. I swear in the animated series is was different shade of
0: green. No, he is skin color white yellowish white um cloak orange with some blue accents in it. There's a blue accent throughout the design. But I believe hobgoblin's one word.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: Um, Whereas green goblin is two separate words.
1: But yeah, um they almost almost fooled me. Um I loved this film. Uh, highly recommend it to anyone and everyone. Uh, it is continuing the strong trend of, uh, this this being my new favorite, Spider-Man. Um. A trend that may or may not be over? Uh, from what I read, that, that was likely a rumor. So, fingers crossed. For those of you who don't know, there's been, uh, articles posted saying that Disney and, uh, and Sony took their toys back to their rooms because they had a fight. Um,
0: yeah, and from what uh, I read, it's also confirmed with sources.
1: Yes, but I read something that said those sources were one source who claimed it happened. So until Disney and Sony come out to me, come out and actually say, "Oh yes, this deal is over." Fuck them. I'm the big boy now. Uh, I'm going to be hesitant to believe it because it's too profitable for both of them.
0: Well, they issued a statement. Sony did. Oh. About the whole thing. What's the statement say? Uh, In the statement, um, well, not denying anything that was um, mentioned in the deadline report about this this situation initially, uh, they did reiterate uh, that Kevin Feige would be too busy with the Fox merger to actually handle any kind of the creative side of things in the Spider-Man franchise.
1: Oh, that's fine.
0: Um, Sony is planning two more installments, uh, though it is an open question on whether or not John Watts, the director of the first two films, will be returning. Um, and they said, "Moreover, quote much of, much of today's news about Spider-Man has been mischaracterized. Recent discussions about Feige's involvement with the franchise we are disappointed, but respect Disney's decision to not have him continue as lead producer of our live-action Spider-Man film." We hope this might change in the future, but understand that the many new responsibilities that Disney have given him, including all their newly added Marvel properties, do not allow time for him to work on the IP they do not own. Kevin, See, is, that
1: that really sounds to me like we're going to get more Spider-Man, so all the people who are saying Spider-Man's over need to shove it up their ass and get over themselves.
0: And that sounds like, to everyone else, Sony trying to spin the situation of Disney demanding the 50-50 split instead of their 5% cut originally.
1: Eh. It's still too profitable for both of them.
0: It's very profitable for Sony. It is less profitable than all of their other franchises put together for for uh, for Disney. Because again, like in the original in the original rev share that I that I read about, Disney took a five percent cut. Which, if you notice, five is not one hundred.
1: No, it's not. But I also am very willing to believe Spider-Man is quite easily their most profitable
0: <laughs> movie currently. No, no it isn't. Really? Which one is? Fucking anyone they own wholly. No,
1: I don't mean the profitable for them. I mean profitable in general.
0: Hmm. I, let me actually look this up. I'm actually interested now. I was going to save yeah. that for the end of the show, but fuck it, I guess.
1: Well, while he's looking it up. Um, I love the cinematography in this, and, like, this movie, again, did the same thing it did with the last one, which is, oh, goddamn, annoying kid moments, teens, and, oh, hey, this is actually, uh, being executed well. I'm very happy about this. You know what I mean? Like, too many times have I walked out of a movie to go to the bathroom while people are being people, and it bores me, and in this, it's like, hey, we're gonna be people, but we're gonna actually be people. Instead of be caricatures of people. That was fun.
0: Okay, so this is... These are numbers based off of the uh, domestic box office as as gathered by the I'm mm-hmm. oh, sorry, The-Numbers.com. But, most profitable, Avengers Endgame. Okay, then, but that's a cross-franchise. Then Black Panther... That's not surprising. Uh, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers, Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain Marvel, Iron Man 3, Captain America okay, Civil so War. Cross, cross, cross. Captain Marvel. So Captain Marvel, Iron Man 3. Captain Marvel? Really? Yes, dude. Okay. With the fucking push that goddamn movie got. Plus, it's the first Marvel movie to have a female lead. Like not sharing it, just it is her movie. Yes, her character, from what I understand, from what I have seen in Endgame, and from what I've heard, is bad. But that's besides the point. Uh, so Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume Two, specifically, and then the Spider Mans.
1: I am actively shocked at that. Yeah, I am are- genuinely shocked
0: by that. Like, yeah, they're up there, but they're not the most.
1: Yeah, it's just Spider-Man was, like, the big shit for the longest time, especially when I was a kid. So, hearing that actively shocks me.
0: Yeah, Spider-Man was the big shit for a while, and he still is, like, in terms of comic stuff. Like, Spider-Man, I'm pretty sure, is still, like, one of their bigger sellers. And even with the amount of books that Marvel had, like, that had been canceled by Marvel over the last few years... I think Spider-Man has had some of the most cancellations, but still have books going.
1: Yeah. All right. So, um, I've said my piece about Spider-Man. I am wearing a Snorlax onesie for those of you who are just tuning in. Um, on to the boys. What do you mean? They'd just be tuning in. <laughs> this is a live broadcast, isn't it? No,
0: <laughs>
1: but on to the boys, which I watched while wearing my, sn- my Snorlax onesie. Not even kidding. I was feeling cold that day. <laughs> I actually need to get my wife to remake this into a hoodie because it's too—it's just a little too small. <laughs> but I only got to watch the first episode because other shit kept getting in the way, and now th- this is not a show I'm going to watch with my wife around. Um, okay, why for not? Reasons? Because she would get upset so quickly, and I'd have to turn it off. Because <laughs> this is not a pleasant show for most people. Um, I I. I don't want to say enjoyed. It was it was well executed, well acted, but some of the things that happen, I don't really approve of.
0: You're not supposed to. That was to. just in the first episode. Uh, I don't think you're supposed to.
1: Let, let me just say, I actively prefer it if it was a made-for-TV series. Instead of getting away with basically being a rated R movie, you know I,
0: I mean? would very much not like it like that. It would be way too tame.
1: I do, I haven't read the book, so I don't know what the book was like. I just know that I prefer my stuff to be uh, G, PG, TV, uh, P, PG thirteen. Uh, you know. Stuff that I can watch without having to feel either guilty or grossed out by, unless it's a horror movie.
0: I learn more and more every day how vastly differently we watch things. Yeah. No, like, <laughs> why does this confuse you? I don't know, just because, like, I like I watched The Boys. I thoroughly enjoyed The Boys. I don't feel the need to qualify it by saying, hey, sexual assault is bad, but I enjoyed the show.
1: I don't feel no, that's, I'm not even talking about the sexual assault, I'm just talking about the sex. If I want to watch sex, I'm gonna, you know, watch porn. (laughs) It's like, I don't want to watch some half-assed bullshit that they're gonna be like, oh, look, they're getting at it. It's like, uh, what was the name of the movie? I pissed off Rawlin the entire time by saying I Smell Fish when we watched this one actually deep movie because I was like, there's no need for the sex scene. This Bye. sex scene does not serve a point. So, I smell fish. And like that that's actually a thing for me. It's like you don't need to show us the sex. It's completely unnecessary. You don't need to show us extreme gore in most cases cuz it's not the point of the thing. If I want to see gore, I'm going to watch a splatterfest. I'm going to watch a, I'm going to watch something that is dedicated to it cuz most things half ass those two major things, the sex and the gore. And if you're gonna try and be sexy, then be sexy. But otherwise, I don't care about
0: sex. You know what I mean? I'm still confused as to why you say I can't say I enjoyed it, but but it was good. Like that's that's the thing I'm still because
1: it's the first episode. Is the is the ultimate final reason? I haven't seen enough of it to deci- decide whether I enjoy the
0: show. Okay, so that but has been the- that has been the confusing thing you you like i couldn't get from the tone with the way you the way you said the tone it sounded like the things that like based on the context of the tone it sounded like the reason you couldn't say you enjoyed this episode was because the things in it made you uncomfortable
1: oh no no i i enjoyed this episode overall um
0: okay that was what uh, i was getting at
1: like in all honesty um i like <laughs> i, I, I once we start our superhero campaign, I hope you take some beats from this show. I probably will. Because, like, I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> I'm not going to lie. I'm one of those kids who always wanted to kill Superman and Batman. <laughs> I am one of those people who's like, superheroes should die. Not before their stories have been told, but when you start retelling the stories for the third time, they should die. Thankfully, we've gotten into a kind of, like, some of the books have gotten into a kind of renaissance where I'm okay with them continuing now. But back when I was in the dark ages of comics, in the 90s and early 2000s, I was like, you know what would be really cool? If you genuinely killed Superman. If you genuinely killed Batman. And had one of their subordinates to not send them through time... Not, oh, he's dead, but not really. Like, actually kill him. That shit would be interesting.
0: Okay, again, with just tone and stuff, when you said I was one of those kids who wanted to kill him, I thought you meant you wanted to be a supervillain responsible for the death of Superman or Batman. Oh, no, that too. Like, that would be so cool. But then when you talk about it, you go, you know, from a writing perspective, these characters need to die.
1: Because I'm also a writer. I am the nerd. Who's like, ah, I figured out a way to kill you, Batman. And then it's like, and narratively, this is why it's important.
0: Yeah, I figured out a way to kill him, too. It's called shoot him in the face. <laughs> uh, unless you're using an armor-piercing bullet, don't bother. Motherfucker, half of his face is not covered by anything.
1: Yes, but usually when guns are involved, he brings up his cape to protect his mouth.
0: Yes, that is why fucking you bring in goat boy. Goat Boy? Yes, Goat Boy is the sniper who killed Robin. Oh, yeah. Which is, he waited for Robin to turn around and then shot him. Why did he wait for him to turn around? There's nothing protecting the back of his head. There's nothing protecting any of them, dude. But fucking, I don't know. He just, he was just fucking sitting there. It was like, all right, wait for a moment, wait for a moment. There's a moment. Boom, he's dead. And that drove Batman crazy. And he fucking dissected Frankenstein while he was still awake. Cool. And was went a godda- yeah, um, goddamn if- weird like, fucking assault spree before bringing his son's body to Apocalypse and throwing it into a hell pit.
1: It's not as bad a series as uh, I expected it to be. It's not as bad a series as Birdie led me to believe the comics are. Um... And by that, I mean violence, gore, extreme situations, things happening for no goddamn reason. Oh, trust me. Um, I, I, the,
0: well, things happening for no goddamn reason. I, I just reread the boys and I don't remember
1: that happening. Uh, it's more like, oh, we're going to this weird extreme that not, doesn't need to be used instead of using a more logical route.
0: Well, they do that for entertainment for people people not like you, which is most I, people. I'm,
1: I'm mostly thinking back to, um, uh, what was it? Uh, Birdie was like, yeah, uh, did they show you, or do they show you, show them, uh, shoving an explosive butt plug up someone's asshole to kill them? No. At least not as far as I've gotten.
0: Well, they don't show that either.
1: And see, that's the part that, that's the part that makes me think I'm gonna be able to enjoy the boys. T, uh, uh well, net, uh, Amazon series, Versus the voice comic books. Because like, it's the showing that bothers me.
0: Like, they show the result of what happens. They don't show literally, hey, here's this puckered asshole. Let me just work this in. And that's. Like, they, that's... they don't do that in the comics either. Birdie
1: said they did that in the
0: comics. Uh, no, things. They do a lot of fucked up shit in the comics. They, I don't remember them taking an explosive filled butt plug and shoving it up there. Like, one of the things they do show is there's an explosive dildo. That's the one. My mistake. Sorry. Yeah, again, they don't show penetration, but they do. But they do show like a, like a lady's on a plane. She's like, "Oh, I was like, well, I'm on a plane, got nothing to do. Might as well pull my dildo." Now oh, this looks weird. But explode.
1: Okay, he implied that it was worse, um, but yeah, the boys. So far, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, so I, far,
0: I will say this again, just based on discussion. Don't ever read the comic. Oh no, I will
1: never read the comic. I've been told enough about the comic.
0: I did. And while it had its it had its moments. It had some moments that were that were like interesting in a way that wasn't just the violence. Like Seth Rogen and the guy who and the guy he made preacher with, they have a talent for taking Garth Ennis and just toning it down just enough for it to still be entertaining.
1: All right. So for uh, I think the final thing I want to talk about I'm gonna say it's the final thing I want to talk about because I can't remember if there's something else. Did you ever watch TV with your grandmother or grandfather? No. So they never subjected you to one of the greatest shows of their generation, Murder She Wrote.
0: I don't think any of them. I, I don't believe any of my parent grandparents ever watched Murder She Wrote.
1: Ah, uh, just kill my just kill my lead in. Yeah, kill of course it. I will. Here's a knife. Go ahead stab it. Just go ahead. I'll wait for you to finish. And then I'll convince you that someone else did it by psychologically manipulating you. That's actually my favorite theory to come out of Murder, She Wrote. That uh, Jessica Fletcher is just, is the murderer in most of the cases. (laughs) And just convinces someone else, no, you did it. (laughs) It's just like, she's so good at spin. Oh, that had- she's able to talk the murderers into believing, the non-murderers, into believing that they were the ones who did it.
0: Well, I need to start writing a show. <laughs> um, but again, so- my, my grandma was mainly into Star Trek. Oh, good taste. But have you ever watched Murder, She Wrote? No, I, I, I saw it, like... Back in the day, when I was, when I would get home from school, and they, and instead of having like, you know, a TV guy or something like that, they just had that channel that just scrolled through the different stations to tell you what was on for like the next two hours. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would see it pop up there every single week, every single day. And it's like, Murder, She Wrote. That's was kind of interesting. Oh, wait, a cartoon I like.
1: I highly recommend Murder, She Wrote. It is the most wholesome murder series I have ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, because isn't it about, like, an old granny who just uh, solves it murders. Star- Uh It stars Angela Lansbury as J.B. Fletcher. Angela Lansbury, who only did the show because she wanted the paycheck. Angela <laughs> Lansbury, who could have phoned it in, but still gave a stellar performance. Angela Lansbury, a national treasure. I don't know which nation she's actually originally from, but she's a treasure for them.
0: Uh, she's British, American, and Irish.
1: Cool. Um, but no, uh, Angela Lansbury uh, stars as J.B. Fletcher, a uh, quiet old woman who just wants to live her life in Cabot Cove, Maine, until her nephew publishes her book without her permission. God, I wish someone would do that for me. <laughs> the She then gets swept up by publishing agents and officials and, like... She starts traveling. And that is when she starts getting roped into these abstract murders. And that's kind of funny because I remember at least two distinctly murdered painters. Murdered in different ways for different reasons. (laughs) Um. But... It's, it's it's such a wholesome series, because they, they don't really go out of their way to do, like, gory, extreme murders. There's no, like, rape subplots. There's no, there's none of the stuff that most people are like, yeah, because this is real, this is real life. Even though real life isn't that extreme.
0: Are you waiting for a response, or?
1: No, I was something came up. Um, It's I I love I love Murder She Wrote because it's just wholesome. (laughs) It's just this. It's just this nice, calm series, and like you 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 end up liking a third of the characters, and the ones you don't like are probably bad guys anyway. So who cares? And hell, I even end up liking some of the bad guys. Like, some of the murderers are so sympathetic. Ugh. Though, it does get kind of predictable. Um, I say that, and then I'm immediately reminded of a situation where I predicted, oh, that guy's your friend? He's either gonna die, be accused, or be the murderer. And it was none of the three. Huh. <laughs> so, the show, it, it is a long-running series. I think it's like Seven seasons of forty episodes each, or something like that.
0: Uh, it is twelve seasons. Damn, <clears throat> twelve seasons of around <clears throat> twenty episodes each, as well as four movies. There are movies.
1: Yes. Oh man, my wife is going to be so excited.
0: <laughs> but yes, four TV uh, movies that were aired that aired after the show ended.
1: I had been wanting to watch Murder She Wrote for ages because it used to be on Netflix. And then Netflix dropped it because they have no sense of taste. And then I'm just, I'm like, you know what? Let me see if it's on Amazon Prime. And there it was. <laughs> I don't know if it's, I don't know if there's a difference between American Amazon Prime and other places, but if you have American Amazon Prime, you can watch Murder, She Wrote. And I highly recommend it. Like, I, like when I, I, when I first watched the show, I was hooked from the first episode. And I watched it the first time with my grandmother.
0: Marushi Ernest is available like, on Katie and Prime Video. I don't know about anywhere else.
1: Well, there you go. Um, I highly recommend it. Uh, get, Dead Man, seriously, give it a chance. Give it a watch. Like Even if you just put it on as background noise, it's a nice background noise. Um, One of my, one of my favorite things is actually how what? fucking mm-hmm. randomly different the cases are. Because they do everything from locked room mysteries that aren't really locked room mysteries to um, having one of her books actually be the story of the episode. You know, one of J.B. Fletcher's books is the story of the episode. Instead of having it be J.B. Fletcher solving a murder, it's characters in one of her books solving a murder.
0: Oh, that's what you mean. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute, Bones did that too. Mm Mm-hmm. But then, no, what, what they did was, hey, I'm solving a murder, but it's a murder based on my book.
1: Yeah, no, in uh, in uh, Murder, She Wrote, it's, qu- like, quite literally, she comes down and starts talking directly to the audience. Like, you're there. Oh, God, my dose. And starts talking about her book, and then it cuts into the book. Hey! <laughs> Sorry, man, I think I'm coming down with something.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you got something living in your sinus. Yeah, probably. Ugh. It's a little snot gremlin.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, why hasn't my cat freed me of it yet? That's from a movie. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, I was talking about the murder mystery that wasn't hers, and like we cut back to JB so she can give us like the real world framing and stuff periodically, but it's mostly. <laughs> are characters trying to solve the murder mystery. And that's a really good mystery. It's a really good case. Uh, And I did not... Like, I I did not... One of the things the show keeps harping on is that a good mystery writer doesn't let you figure out who the murderer is. (sighs) Whereas I'm of the opposite opinion. A good mystery writer puts all of the pieces in the puzzle for you to solve the mystery. And the writers of Murder, She Wrote do that. So you can solve the mystery yourself alongside JB or whoever the detective happens to be. But, and here's the important but, I haven't called a lot of the murderers. Even though it's a TV show and follows cliches and roles and you can easily tell characters who are going to be important. I have not, I, I, almost every episode, I have either been wrong about the murder or wrong about the method until near the end of the of the episode when JB is finally putting it together.
0: Yeah, that's actually surprisingly solid writing.
1: <clears throat> yeah, and I highly recommend it. The first episode, um, can be a little obvious depending on your perspective. But I want you to watch it yourself. It's on... You said you you have Prime, right? No,
0: fuck no. You think I can afford Prime?
1: Do you have someone who has Prime?
0: No. You think anyone I know can afford Prime?
1: Then find someone who has Prime and watch it. Give it a chance.
0: <laughs> oh, you being <laughs> being willfully ignorant about my ways.
1: I didn't hear that. <laughs> Quite literally, because you cut out, right, as you were saying it? <laughs> <coughs> anyway, anything else? Uh, that's all I want to talk about today.
0: All righty then. Uh, so, only movies for me this week. Yeah, for whatever reason, like I've, I've been wanting to get more into watching TV stuff. I just don't. Because there's just kind of... like There's nothing on traditional TV right now that super interests me. And anything that is on streaming services, I... The only TV show that has been that I've heard about that's coming out soon that I kind of want to see is Carnival Row.
1: I remember hearing about that. I think you told me about that.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's like Ultimate History World War One, but with fantasy creatures. Yeah, you did tell me about it. Ow. Yeah, like I'm all down for I'm all down for Ultimate History. I'm fucking reading the Golden Compass right now, and it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, so first movie, um, I rewatched Shazam. Just because, you know, for, I had to. Just for a second,
1: it. I heard Kazam, and I was like, why would you?
0: Do yeah, that I rewatched yourself? Kazam. That's Green like, Eggs and Why would it. you
1: do that yourself?
0: But no, I rewatched Shazam, and I caught something that I didn't catch the first time I watched it. I'm pretty sure there's a Miracle Man reference in here. Okay. Which is. Fucking great. So for those who don't know, Shazam, back in the day, was called Captain Marvel. It was the most popular comic in the world. I know, that might be an exaggeration, but it was more popular than Superman at the time. And, which means
1: it was probably the most popular.
0: Yeah. And then over in the UK, a different publisher was getting essentially the reprinting rights for Captain Marvel. So they'd get it. Reprinted in black and white and then put it out for for British audiences. But then but then National Comics, I believe they were still national at the time, then sued Fawcett, the people that put out uh the people that put out um Captain Marvel, claiming that Captain Marvel was just a rip off of Superman. Which he kind of was. His origin story was different. Origin story was different, yes, but it was literally just, hey, what if Superman was also a kid? which at the time was enough to get shut down. So yeah, they nowadays that would be laughed out of court. Yeah. So that got shut the fuck down and and then DC and then uh, National Comics uh they bought up all their shit. Meanwhile over in the UK, they didn't want to stop putting out Marvel books, cat Marvel books because they were still doing really well. So Publishers, I believe, got um, Mick Anglo to come in and make a "quote unquote" new hero called Marvel Man. Marvel Man was about a young orphan boy named Mickey Moran, Mickey Moran, who one day was who one day uh, got visited by a powerful physicist. Who taught who taught him the sec- unlock like the fucking secrets of reality and gave him magical powers that were unlocked by saying a magic word.
1: A powerful physicist.
0: Yes. Because, you know, science, when it gets to a certain level, is indistinguishable from magic. That's basically that's basically their lo- logic behind it. But yeah, and then that made Marvel Man. Upon saying the magic word kimota, which is atomic backwards. Oh, I have heard of this. Yeah, so that ran for a little while and then kind of fell off. Then Alan Moore, famed comic hermit, uh showed up and was like, "Hey, I want to make a I want to make a Miracle Man. I want to make a Marvel Man thing, but I want to be fucked." So he did. He picked up the he picked the book like fucking 30 or something years after it after it shut down and it was in the 80s and he then, re- he then made a new story where Michael Moran had uh, had grown up but had lost all knowledge of him having superpowers because he was caught in a nuclear explosion after the British government tried to kill him and the Miracle family. Uh-huh. Because they had gotten too powerful. They, the government got scared of them. Which, understandable. These guys are basically gods. But yeah, in doing so, uh, it fucking knocked the shit out of Moran and essentially made him forget everything that had happened to him. Um, With kid miracle man, uh, it had taken, it had essentially locked him in the essentially like did lock him, but it hit him and he survived, but chose to say in the kid miracle man form and grew up getting more and more powerful and thus, and also making, making him a fucking psychopath. And it just, And shit just got fucking darker and darker. It got to a point where fucking in the book where because of a fight between Kid Miracle Man and Miracle Man himself, uh, all of London got destroyed and everyone in it died. Great. Yeah, there's, I believe, I believe either a spread or a comic cover of just the streets of London with Big Ben, the background just littered with fucking human viscera.
1: That actually reminds me of a uh, of a quote that I just read. I can't remember the actual quote, but it boils down to, um, like, all we want is a glimmer of hope. And that's one of the reasons why I don't like Grimdark. Because, like, I want the hope. Yeah, well, they get the that world. hope. They murder the a child. Dark. The world is fucking dark enough. And no, that does not give me any hope, dead.
0: But no, the child is the murderer. Like the, I the- don't care. I don't care. I fucking love Miracle Man. Miracle Man is great. You just wanted to talk about Miracle Man and make me depressed, didn't you? Bitch, I talk about anything I like, you get depressed. That's not true. I talk about happy things for too long, you get depressed.
1: That's not true. (laughs) I wasn't depressed about the boys. (laughs) I wasn't depressed when you came to me like, hey, Call of Cthulhu. I was like, yeah, Call of Cthulhu. (laughs)
0: Anyway, but yeah, I don't so, get
1: depressed when you talk about and Rampa, even though I probably should.
0: But yeah, fucking I love Miracle Man. It is this it is this great deconstruction of superheroes um, looking at it from a from a very depressing setting. Like it's it's similar in a way to Watchmen, but just way more fantastical because it is about actual superheroes and not just vigilantes. And yeah, it's fucking great. I love it.
1: And uh, more fantastical. You're talking about the book where a guy tries to summon a giant space squid. So that he can blame it, blame an attack on aliens.
0: So no, he doesn't try to summon a space squid. He makes, oh no, sorry. He gets scientists. He gets a bunch of scientists to make a squid and then teleports it into the center of New York City. While
1: generating a telepathic wave to kill a butt-fuck-ton of people.
0: Yes. It's more fantastical than that. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, so uh, like I said, the main main characteristic thing in that book is Michael Moran. And when Billy and Freddy are trying to get out of school to go do superhero stuff, and they get stopped by the security guard, they make the joke, it's like, all right, good job, officer moron. And he goes, it's Moran. No, that is a reference. Yeah, and I just fucking got it. On my second viewing. I didn't, get it, I didn't catch it the first time in theaters.
1: Well, I didn't know who, Mir- who Michael Moran was, so.
0: Yep. That's Rackhaman. For the longest time, Mirror Command was actually my favorite comic until I read Grant Morrison's run on Animal Man.
1: Great run. Absolutely fucking stellar run.
0: Can't tell if you're being serious.
1: No, I am being serious. Like, Grant Morrison's Animal Man was one of the times where, at like, that was one of the times Animal Man was at his best.
0: I am surprised, because that's the book where Animal Man's entire family gets murdered and it goes in a revenge spree.
1: Yeah, I know. It's still a great run.
0: <laughs> I can't fucking read you, man. I'm mysterious.
1: I also read that when I was younger and more into grim, dark things. So,
0: anyway, that does it for this introduction to the comics podcast. Moving on to the movie, moving the movies, I actually have stuff to say about. Uh, so I rewatched the Goonies. That Student movie is Trouble. not as good as I remember it being. Of course, it's not. Like it's actually kind of bad. Of course, it is. <laughs> And I mean bad in terms of acting. Of course it is. It's a fucking dude.
1: Mostly child actors in the eighties.
0: Yeah, but like Josh Brolin's bad in it.
1: Yeah, it's mostly child actors in the eighties.
0: He wasn't a child.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: Yeah, Josh Brolin was the older brother of Sean Astin.
1: Okay. Also, Those it j- feels like
0: thing? I am missing a lot of context because it this is this book. This, sorry, this, not this book. This movie. It is the only Goonies thing that has been made as far as that matters, as far as I'm aware. And it feels like the fourth. I can see what you're saying there. Because, like the Goonies as a group. Is established and named. Um, Goonies is a Goonies is a, like, a, a fucking term for people living in the goondocks in this area they live in. That is a thing, and they keep referencing like other adventures they'd gone on. Like they keep they keep referencing like stuff that Mikey had that uh, Sean Astin's character that Mikey had dragged the rest of the kids into. And, and there's all this other like the backstory and stuff built up with these with these characters and their relationships with each other that. I feel like had been established in previous things or at least or at least had been established in the minds of the people making it as previous things. And I. And it kind of works. It kind of doesn't. It's like on the one hand, uh, having these established group of characters be already established, having them having their relationships be what they are and having them. And having there be a precedent for them going on this fucking insane journey into the catacombs beneath their fucking city. Having that just be accepted gives a chance, gives the movie a decent of momentum of just, hey, this is the reason it's happening because they do this shit all the time. Fucking don't worry about it. But then, but then there's a point later on the movie uh, where, where like the main girl interest, uh, I mean girl Uh, Josh Brolin's love interest, uh, she decides to hang out, she decides to stay with the Goonies, and instead of getting rescued by fucking, this Troy, I think is his name. Because, yeah, a guy like this sounds like a Troy. He's that classic 80s movie bully where he tries to murder people. You know, just general endangerment. And she, and she, she apparently has been wearing like this fucking, um, like embroidered sweater that he got her, and when he's like, yeah, yeah, we're fucking getting them, bringing them up this well, because they ended up under a well. Uh, he pulls the sweater, and she, and he just screams out, "Fucking Andy, you goonie!" And it's supposed to have like a lot of this weight behind it. Of it's supposed to have a lot of this weight behind it. Of like, hey, she's finally accepted who she is, but she'd been in like, she had been not with the Goonies for one scene. So having so having Troy this fucking this fucking preppy asshole scream out in fucking protest of oh you're such a goonie it means nothing because I don't have any context of that character outside of the Goonies.
1: I can see what you mean. Like I like I I understand what you're saying, but you're not going to get more. Of
0: course I'm not, and I don't I kind of don't want more. Like the only way this shit can be solved is if there was like a fucking book or comic or movie or something that explained the backstory of these characters. I don't fucking want that.
1: Well, yeah, because uh, what, what you're what you're uh, complaining about is uh, something that I've heard suggested that I don't agree with, uh, and that is you only start writing when the character story gets interesting, uh, and that's uh, a suggested technique uh, that's been used by several writers, and I highly disagree with it. Because I think you start writing when your story, when your character story gets important, not when it gets interesting. So a lot of, well, not a lot, but some stories will skip over details like you know what would have happened in the first three books, <laughs> like how did they get their name? Why are people treating them like this? How are they united as a group? That's not important. What's important is uh, uh, that one doing the truffle shuffle in front of a giant monster man.
0: <laughs> I know like it's it is it is moderately a complaint and moderately like it's it's a half and half thing like it is a complaint and it is also a thing I enjoy about the movie <laughs> because they they do enough within the movie <laughs> to explain any questions that you have like like they say hey we're from the goondocks that's why we're called the goonies or they like do something to explain where the goonies name what what the goonies name means mm-hmm. and and the thing is called the Goonies, so you already get the idea that this group is the Goonies. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need I don't need a scene where they're like going through everything and then again and then it's like, hey, we have this cool little group here. Should we- Can we come up with a name for ourselves? I mean we're from the Goondocks, why not the Goonies? I don't need that. That is stupid. And I mentioned this while you were stepped while you had stepped away.
1: You've broken the illusion, dead man.
0: What fucking illusion?
1: The illusion that I care.
0: <laughs> that illusion was broken the day I met you. Aww. But no, um, I mentioned I it while you were away, but uh, I, I like having that, having this be like the fourth part of something, basically. It it managed to actually cut away like the like it managed it did it did a decent job of, like cutting away the idea of why would these kids go into the fucking catacombs beneath their city. Because Mike, like, like, I think there's like a throwaway line there of like, like I think Chunk or something was like, Mikey, we're not, are not gonna drag along on one of your adventures again, are you?" But then it's like, oh, okay, that explains why this kid is that explains why this kid is doing this. What he, it, it establishes motivation beyond just we don't want to lose our home. Mhm. It gives a reason as to why their first thought is, "Hey, let's fucking find pirate treasure." Yeah, and, and har- not, not let's have a big sale. But yeah, like that whole, the whole like established like framing device, basically of we're gonna lose our home and like we're, our home's gonna be turned to a golf course or something. That feels almost entirely superfluous to the idea that this kid just wants to find pirate treasure. <laughs> and it feels that way in the movie. Like like when the fucking property developers or whatever show up, they they give they give the fucking they give Josh Brolin the forms and they're like, yeah, you know, it's gonna be a beautiful thing right out here, and then that's the last time we see them until the end of the movie, and the thing and the shit about them find, trying to find like save their home is barely mentioned except for like throwaway lines. This feels more about Mikey trying to fucking trying to meet One-Eyed Willie the pirate. Because well,
1: needs to be careful about that. Because I know a lot of people who just show him one-eyed Willie.
0: I thought I was. I was thinking that the entire movie.
1: Dude, I have thought that every time I've seen that movie.
0: Yeah, and and so just so having that, so having like, if the, this movie could have just been, and hey, Mikey finds this fucking like Mikey finds out about the story of one-eyed Willie or whatever, and then. Drags his friends in this fucking adventure that just so happens to coincide with fucking people breaking out of jail. That was enough. But then having this other thing of like, we need to raise $100,000 or our neighborhoods gonna get destroyed. The looming threat. Yeah, the looming threat, which isn't a looming threat because I forget about it until they mention it. Like, this is this could have just been an adventure movie. Just a standard, straight-up, no fucking... Like, no fucking looming threat of, oh, no, our house is going to get taken away, or whatever. Like, the looming threat enough was at the same time they're doing this shit, dudes with guns are hunting them.
1: Yeah, but this was also... This movie was produced in the 80s at the height of the kids versus adults and trying to kill them uh, era. So, like, having a... Palpable adult villain. It was kind of considered a necessity for a lot of those films.
0: Yeah, I guess. because you can't
1: just have generic adult films. You have to have the one who's the ultimate bad guy. And yeah. they didn't realize they could have just used one of the uh, one of the escaped criminals as a bat as the ultimate bad guy that the kid has to defeat.
0: Well, to be fair, there is only one escaped criminal. There too are just criminals that aided in the escape. <laughs>
1: They could have made him the ultimate bad guy, but they didn't realize they could. So they needed
0: this other villain
1: as a framing device.
0: But it wasn't a villain. It was just this idea. Like, I don't even think that fucker gets named. Really? That's a good one. Huh. Okay. Yeah, he shows up, says, hey, here's a paper. And then at the end of the movie, he shows up with that asshole kid. Implying that that's his dad. That entire thing just felt very flat. But the rest of the movie, like as an adventure movie, it's still that part holds up like, like this fucking insane, like chase through these fucking catacombs. These those increasing level of traps and shit that happens, just finding multiple dead bodies and like, like, like finding the body of the fucking, um, of, like the explorer who went down there beforehand but then never was found, never was seen again. That worked. Like th- that worked as like a really great thing of of like like they're all they, they all come down there, they see their body's like, oh fuck, we're all gonna die. And then Mikey finds the fucking key on him and is and is like, hey, fuck, we made it this far, and then gives us fucking inspirational speech of we need to keep going. That whole thing works. Even given Sean Astin's at the time less than stellar acting capabilities,
1: ultimately the Goonies for me boils down to one thing, mm. and it's a fat kid doing anything he can do to keep his friends. <laughs> do the truffle shuffle, okay? He's like, All right, goddammit. hell, man! That fucking that fucking
0: fat kid saves the day.
1: Yeah, he does, but like the entire movie, he's just like treated as the the butt of the joke. Well, yeah, from what I remember.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. At the beginning, he wasn't allowed in the house. He wasn't allowed in the gate until he did the truffle shuffle. I think I had to wait five minutes for the Rube Goldberg machine to open the gate. That's another Mm -hmm. weird thing. The fucking Rube Goldberg machines. Like it is a like the, that
1: you can tell that the set is just like I love Rube Goldberg machines and they said they wanted complicated shit to do shit. So
0: Rube Goldberg's machine away. Well it was kinda it was kinda set up as in terms of like the world, as this like connecting factor for Mikey to one Eye Willy. Because it is Mikey set up that machine to open the gate. And then going through the catacombs and stuff. That's all they ran into, was just fucking cannonball-based Rube Goldberg machines. As a way to, like, have Mikey connect with One-Eyed Willy more so than he already did.
1: Oh, he'll connect with the One-Eyed Willie. Seriously, man. I can't help it. It's too easy a joke.
0: That's why I haven't been doing it. And that's why I have been. <sighs> Yeah, The Goonies. It was... It has not aged well. It's all right. It still is a decent, like... It still still is a decent, like, proto-adventure thing to, like, show to kids. That's kind of the ultimate takeaway from this, is that it is a... It is a completely fine kids movie that won't... That will kind of have some stuff that won't work super well for adults, but has enough. Also, a really weird thing where, like, fucking... Ten year old Sean Aston kisses the main love interest. It's weird. Like age difference wise, it's like I think four years between them.
1: I remember being that age. Having a crush on one of the older girls in class. She never even knew I existed. Well, not in class, in school.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. Whole that was weird. Goonies is still all right. Just don't expect any good acting. Like, this is even bad Corey Feldman acting. All right, moving along from there. I didn't have a joke for that one. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't... Corey Feldman, he was an all right child actor. This was, I guess, before he got good. And then also, I guess before before the troubles happened. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah, from there, uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Which one is that? The newest one. <laughs> the newest American, the American
1: one. one. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's the sequel to the 2014 Godzilla.
1: That shit was awesome.
0: 2014 Godzilla?
1: No, well, that one too, but this one too.
0: Like, 2014, 2014 Godzilla,
1: Godzilla it 20? gave me what I expected from a Godzilla movie
0: okay yeah this one did this one Theory? was I think legitimately great oh no this one was legitimately great which is apparently the <clears throat> minority opinion
1: the the, the 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 audience is wrong this one was great
0: no I mean the let me actually double check that because I believe audiences liked it and critics didn't
1: oh okay then never mind <clears throat> This is a great movie. And honestly, that continues the trend because critics tend to hate the good Godzilla movies.
0: Okay, I guess I guess I'm not allowed to search for it. What do you mean? Went to Rotten Tomatoes and was like, alright yeah, let's fucking look it up. They have they have critic score, audience score. Typed in Godzilla King of the Monsters and it refreshed the homepage. <laughs> yeah, so critically forty one. Audience score eighty three.
1: Yeah, no. This is a great Godzilla movie. It Um,
0: really was. Like, the thing
1: that... Let me me say this. I I genuinely enjoyed the 2014 one, but it fell into a lot of the traps the original Godzilla films had, which was mediocre human plot, too little monster fighting, but that was Godzilla. That's what you expected out of Godzilla with the original Godzilla films, was too little monster fighting, too much boring human plot. This one, the human plot was interesting. There was a lot of monsters. It was overall awesome.
0: Yeah, so I didn't enjoy the first Godzilla.
1: That's fair.
0: Yeah, like the last 20 minutes of it were pretty all right. (laughs) When it was like Godzilla. When it was Godzilla on screen fighting the Mudos. That was great, but... Boring human shit that was that was completely that didn't have a goddamn thing to do with the monster stuff. Uh just just oh god, everything's happening. I'm going to I'm going to very blasé least try to survive this.
1: Which is a lot of the
0: original Godzilla film. <laughs> Which I haven't watched a lot of. You should. Like like my main experience with Godzilla is the stuff we watched for the Godzilla months. Ugh. Which was four well, then, of the worst Godzilla movies and four of the best Godzilla movies.
1: Then you know what to expect. Because <laughs> you watched the worst ones.
0: Yeah, that original Godzilla movie was, the 2014 Godzilla movie was just kind of flat and bad. I didn't like the way it was shot. It was shot like very... It was shot It was shot like you would expect from the guy who made the movie Monsters. Which was a movie about people trying to survive in a world where there were weird tentacle monsters just kind of hanging out. Which was a lot more on the ground, showing it from the human perspective. It was a lot of, was a lot of. We're going to shoot this from a position where a human could realistically see it, and because of that, everything felt fucking slow. Uh, it was all, it was all like fucking caked. It was all like fucking blotted out in darkness and shadow and, s- and smoke and shit, and it all just felt very flat until the fucking color, until the literal explosion of color when Godzilla breathed out his fucking fire breath. You get to this one, though, all color. And I fucking love it.
1: Oh, yeah, no. That was was the most fucking
0: striking thing about this movie is just how color-coded the monsters are.
1: It was absolutely stellar. And I say that having – I actually enjoyed, I genuinely enjoyed the 2014 Godzilla movie. (laughs) This was a million miles ahead of it. It was like going from the 70s Godzilla movies to the 2000 Godzilla movies.
0: Yeah, this is fucking Final War, but with like a Hollywood budget.
1: Yeah, this fu- this was awesome. It was absolutely awesome.
0: Yeah, it's still, did the, it still did the thing of like having the monsters largely obscured by like environmental things. But it worked a lot better because it was still bright.
1: And every time we did get to see the full monster design.
0: Yeah, like we, we still got to see, we got to see fucking King Ghidorah. We got to see him like in this fucking full glory, despite the fact that he literally walked around with a fucking thunderstorm around him at all times. <laughs> Which that was just kind of great. This mm-hmm. idea that King Ghidorah is so powerful that he literally has a tornado <laughs> following him at all times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like Rodan, whenever he was on screen, there was just like it was like the flex of red flying off of him as. Because, like, his wings no, were constantly they, on they fire. They
1: really tried to make Rodan more important than he is.
0: Yeah, and then he just got fucking worked. He got killed by Mothra.
1: I love that they gave Mothra an offensive weapon.
0: Yeah, to get, to get a little stinger.
1: <laughs> it's like, it's been so many fucking movies, and now, finally, the girl has a lethal weapon.
0: Yeah, and they <laughs> and they also call her the Queen of Monsters.
1: Yeah, which is fair.
0: Yeah. and you get into the big old fucking brouhaha with shit happening, and, like, they killed off Ken Watanabe, which, like, kudos to the level of death they gave him.
1: Yeah, that also fits with uh, the original character in the original movie, like, how he's said to have died.
0: Hmm. How was the original guy supposed to die?
1: Uh, The original guy made the Oxygen Destroyer. And um, I'm pretty sure he got killed off-screen in a nuclear testing. I can't, I don't remember it 100%. But uh, having him die saving Godzilla by blowing up a bomb is really poignant.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Let me double-check this.
0: Uh. But also, he survived way longer than he should have given the levels of radiation they said were in there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's, it's for dramatic effect. We need to have Ken Watanabe look into the eyes of Godzilla and have Godzilla go, Yeah, you cool.
1: Yeah, Ishiro,
0: Serizawa, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> they have the goddamn Oxygen Destroyer in this. Mm-hmm. Which does next to nothing. Like, original Godzilla, it killed Godzilla. The Oxygen Destroyer straight up reduced Godzilla to a skeleton. And that skeleton serves as the framework for building Mechagodzilla. And every Godzilla we followed after that has been like one of the Godzilla's kids. But in this, the Oxygen Destroyer, it doesn't even hurt King Ghidorah. And Godzilla, well, am I remembering wrong? And Godzilla just fucking goes and hides out in his little fucking underwater city hole. That I'm is remembering wrong. That is, I'm sure that
1: the name of the guy
0: so do you, I don't know if you remember this part um was the radiation that was like in that area from like the lava flow what or whatever it was or was it just coming from Godzilla
1: it was from the lava flow or something like it it wasn't from Godzilla oh it was he he's like the the new guy must be like the descendant of uh the original guy, because the original guy is Daisuke Serizawa. So, okay, I was misremembering things.
0: Or uh, they just named a character Serizawa because there was a character named Serizawa in Godzilla.
1: No, He's got to be descended from him.
0: But then why did they, well then why did the well, A, why did Godzilla not show up until now? And, like, like why, why did the world not know about Godzilla until, like, 2014 if that was the case? And B, why was the Oxygen Destroyer just created Reasons. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um... Yeah, the action story does fucking next to, like, literally nothing. And then Godzilla comes back, like, fucking... Oh, yeah,
1: no, the the original die, the original Serizawa dies alongside Godzilla.
0: Right, yeah, that's what I thought it was. I thought, yeah, he fucking went yeah. down with the bomb.
1: Yeah, he went down with the bomb. It's been a long time since I watched the original movie. Yeah, like... A long it, time.
0: Yeah, anyway... Uh. But yeah. Then Godzilla gets fucking supercharged by the by the nuke, and then fucks
1: some shit up.
0: Yeah, and might end up permanently irradiating Boston.
1: Yeah, like he looked like he was going like nuclear Zilla. He was towards he the he end.
0: He did. He exploded twice.
1: No, no, no. Like there's actually a Godzilla that's like Atomic Godzilla or something like that, where he's got too much radiation built up in him, and it's killing him. Ah, okay. So, like, he passes it on to his son and turns his son into the next Godzilla. Okay. And that's, like, that's the kind of color palette that he had. The kind of look. The cracked red, like, glowing, birch, breaching atomic core kind of feel.
0: Yeah. God, I love Godzilla movies. It's a bit harder than 3.6 rad. Love Godzilla movies. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of sons, actually... Uh, this entire plot is driven by a dead son.
1: Oh, yeah. God. Uh.
0: Yeah. So um, kind of like Avengers. Uh, it picks up five years after the events of the last movie. But it starts at the end of the last movie. Where like Godzilla had fucking like ravaged throughout San Francisco and was like, ah, I'm fucking great. And by dudes. I protected you. Bye. Meanwhile, uh, Kyle Chandler and his wife um, Vera Farmiga—I don't remember. Uh, yeah, the, the two of the, the two of them with their fucking daughter are running throughout the fucking are running through the ruins of San Francisco trying to find their kid. Whoops, he's dead.
1: That is actually one point that I have a problem with. Oh, um, her motive is fucking terrible. Kind of, yeah. Not kind of. It is terrible so I lost my son that means we need to sacrifice all of humanity to save the world
0: basically yeah so after a kid died uh the family fucking fell apart dad took to drinking and then became a wildlife photographer uh the wife meanwhile kept working for monarch and along the the way guys like I expected monarch to be the bad guys no monarch is monarch has been established as they're just they're just there Like there was the same kind of thing in Kong.
1: I know. I keep expecting them to be the bad guys, though.
0: <laughs> uh yeah yeah. So she's she's working with Monarch, and along the way, after studying the Titans or whatever, realized oh, we need to die.
1: Not realized was convinced of this nonsense by yeah. an environmental terrorist.
0: No, she contacted him afterwards when she came up with the idea. Oh, she did. Never mind then. Yeah. He fucking says it like you got, you contacted me. So it's even stupider. Yeah.
1: She wasn't even talked into it.
0: Yeah. She just kind of came to this realization herself. The come to Jesus moment was we need to kill all of humanity. Uh, yeah. So then she and her daughter, who is apparently also in on this, uh, they begin working with Charles Dance, an eco terrorist who believes the Titans should just be free to fucking kill everyone. And she get, and she gets uh, and she sets about trying to find uh, going to these other Monarch installations where where Titans have been found, which is what they call Kaiju, and setting them loose. Uh, and she does this with a device they built called the Orca, which tunes into bioacoustic frequencies. 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 For a second, I forgot how to say words. But yeah, tunes into bioacoustic frequencies to make monsters do stuff. To
1: manipulate them. I think the idea is that you'd be able to control them, but...
0: Yeah, but it's it's like, hey, I set this off, and then this thing starts freaking the fuck out. Or I set it off, and it doesn't kill me. But things go fuck a pear-shaped because King Ghidorah is too strong. And also, Charles Dance eventually is like, like, we need to start killing more people. And she's like, I don't wanna. And he's like, well, too fucking bad, bitch. I'm I'll the bad your...
1: guy. Didn't you yeah. uh,
0: hear that part already? Yes, I'm played by Charles Dance. <laughs> and then Millie Bobby Brown Ooh. steals the fucking thing and runs away. Yeah. <laughs> and I gets into a big old brouhaha between... Godzilla, Rodan, Mothra and King Ghidorah. Also they establish all out
1: attack. Also they
0: establish in a kind of weird way that King Ghidorah is an alien.
1: Yeah, they say that he's an invader.
0: Yeah, like because apparently every Titan, every Kaiju in this movie has been mentioned or like portrayed in historical literature as like, you know, these these creatures of legend.
1: Yeah, cuz we don't have hydras.
0: Yeah and and there's an old chinese legend about Ghidorah, an invader from the stars i'm like wait it's a fucking alien well that'll explain why he's so strong godzilla yeah exactly that's the thing
1: fucking <laughs> hollow earth theory though right yeah the hollow
0: earth that's another fucking thing <laughs> this ancient this ancient fucking humanoid species that existed within the earth and we're buddies of Godzilla. I thought that
1: was, I thought that was Atlantis and the city it sunk.
0: Who the fuck knows, man? <laughs> Godzilla. Well, he ain't fucking talking. <laughs> A piece of shit. Ah.
1: <sighs> Except in that one Godzilla movie.
0: <laughs> there's yeah.
1: something strange going on.
0: Yeah. And then they also fucking had post credit sequence that was like, Hey, yeah, Kong's going to fight Godzilla because the ancients predicted it. Who do you think's going to win? A literal radioactive lizard or a monkey?
1: It's probably going to be an unconfirmed tie like in the original movie.
0: Yeah, because they have to. In any of these Versus movies, you can't have one come out on top.
1: Unless they're the garbage character like Rodan. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, Rodan's not going to get a fucking title.
1: I will shit on Rodan until I am dry. Uh, well, you can go ahead and do that, because I need to go try something out. I'll be right back. All right. Uh, Rodan is fucking useless. Like, every iteration of Rodan, too, because there are multiple iterations of Rodan. And Rodan has been put up against multiple kaiju. Um, So, just in the Godzilla universe, you've got Rodan, and then you've got, like... The silver version of Rodan that goes up against... No, that's in Gamera. Never mind. Rodan gets used in Gamera a few times. Um, And I say that because it's basically Rodan, but they put a different head on him. Uh, It's the same basic premise of, Ooh, I can fly good. That's my superpower. Um, But, uh, so, uh, you've got Rodan in Godzilla, who gets his ass kicked in every movie, and he's a joke. He's never a threat. Ever. And then you've got the Rodan similar that's in the Gamera movies, whose name I can't remember, because he's just as useless as Rodan. His power is, I'm a giant fat creature. And he gets beaten by being drugged. Like, in the in the first, it's like one of his first appearances, like they, they boil some blood and that makes him go to sleep. And I'm just like, okay, this is stupid. Um, but he is literally one of the weakest kaiju and I hate that he gets such a central focus when there are other better kaiju i mean fucking Angiris could have been in this anguirus hell king caesar would have been a better entry than rodan but we don't get any king caesar we don't get a five minute king caesar song do we no we get fucking rodan fucking killing mothra fucking stupid they even had to give him an extra power and light him on fire
0: <laughs> and he still wasn't useful they didn't even fully light him on fire they just gave the, they just gave the fringes of his wings fire
1: it's fucking useless.
0: But it's okay. He's realized his position and is now subservient to Gajera.
1: He's a bitch and he needs to die.
0: He'll probably die fucking in the next Rodan. movie. King Kong rip his head off.
1: Fucking Rodan. <laughs> King Caesar would have been a better entry than Rodan.
0: Nope. Instead, we get. Instead, we get Rodan, a mammoth, and a spider. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's another problem I have with this. Yeah, like, they, they, the, sp-
0: the spider is an actual
1: kaiju, but what the fuck is the mammoth from?
0: Just from history.
1: Fucking dumb shit.
0: Yeah, that was the other thing. Like they mentioned, they mentioned they have like a couple of franchises worth of uh, fucking kaiju around. They have seventeen of them, mm-hmm. and based on the ones we saw, like only the ones like named in this movie are like actual for realsies kaiju. The rest of them are just kind of whatever. You know what would be really cool? What's that? A TV
1: series based around Monarch people just trying to uncover the lore.
0: Hmm. That sounds a bit too Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: Oh, and what? Yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but for Monarch. So instead of going out and fighting supervillains, instead they're going out and uh Indiana Jonesing through to find ancient texts and tomes and shit.
0: As much as I love Agents of Shield, Agents of Shield is considered by many to be a failure.
1: Hmm. I could take it or leave it. Like what I watched was good, but I stopped watching cuz I The last few
0: seasons fucking picked up. Okay. Still don't care. That is Yeah, that's the thing though. It's like, hey, yeah, I don't care. Let's make a thing that's kind of like it.
1: I don't, but I don't want it to be Agents of Shield. Like I want it to be like, let's explore some kaiju shit, and like get some character development. Not let's bring back a character from the dead, get get into some super complicated alien metaphysiology, (laughs) 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 introduce a whole new subspecies of human. And then, uh, have to rewrite reality a few times because we keep killing characters off when we don't mean to? Rewrite reality? I don't know. I don't fucking know. Like, the show got really confusing for me really fast.
0: (laughs) I don't remember them ever rewriting
1: reality. I'm pretty sure they rewrote reality. Or was that just an alternate reality episode or, like, a dream sequence or something?
0: I don't know what you're referring to. I don't either. That's the problem. (laughs) Like you ask me these questions, expect me to have answers, but I don't know what the actual question is. Let's just move on. Yeah, Godzilla King of Monsters. It's good. Fuck the critics.
1: You know what show I actually want? I would want the Monarch fails to be like. I'd want it to be like the '90s animated Godzilla series. That's what I'd want.
0: Okay, I th- I think that's the one I keep or- confusing with Kong. Uh, yeah. Because there was also a Kong animated series where they had, like, a headset to let them teleport their mind into Kong's body.
1: No, this is, uh, they they found one of Godzilla's eggs, raised it to adulthood, and then go and fight kaiju with it. Huh. I feel like that'd be expensive. It was, the, it was the only good thing to come out of the 98 Godzilla movie.
0: <laughs> I feel like that would be a bit too expensive for it to actually be good on television.
1: They could do it animated.
0: Hmm. Maybe. Speaking of animated though, let's move on to my next film, my final film, Lay Alone Stitch.
1: Duh, an absolute classic.
0: Yes. Um, it is, I as I recently learned, I believe, <clears throat> my favorite Disney movie.
1: It is Baba.
0: I'm going to assume that was your Stitch voice voice and move on.
1: I cannot do my Stitch voice when I am sick. (laughs) And that annoys me.
0: But yeah, Leland Stitch. uh, Y'all fucking know what Leland Stitch is. I just want to fucking talk about it because I just fucking love it. I love this fucking movie. This is a great goddamn movie. I love the way... It looks so different to me than a lot of other Disney movies. Is this is everything. It was
1: from a time when uh, Disney was ta- was trying a few new things because it's also from the same era, I think, as Treasure Planet. Probably, and that's one of my that's one of my wife's favorites.
0: Let me check. Uh, yeah, two thousand two, and I'm pretty sure <laughs> Lilo was just like two thousand one.
1: Uh, two thousand two. Two thousand two.
0: Okay, yeah, fuck it. <laughs>
1: So, Disney was taking a few risks at this point, and I think it paid off, but no one else seems to ever remember or think about that movie, Treasure Planet. Well, that's because it failed. Yeah, but it was a good movie.
0: They don't care. It,
1: it was good. Like, fucking watch Treasure Planet, assholes.
0: Yeah, I know. It was nominated for a fucking Academy Award, but they don't care.
1: Fucking studio audience.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: No taste, no taste.
0: Ugh. Anyway, yeah, Lilo alone Stitch. I the thing, I, the thing that I love about this fucking movie. Like, there are, there are two things a movie can, like, a thing can do that will kind of get me. Like, just weird hacks that kind of like make me get emotionally invested in something without it, without them having to put an actual work to invest me in it. Mm-hmm. And that is. Dogs and family shit. (laughs) See, that usually bores me. Like, (coughs) like watching the fucking Flash, the scenes that fucking stand out and I actually remember as things have nothing with the fucking superhero stuff. It's just fucking Barry interacting with one of his two dads. That show is not good, but those scenes worked really well for me.
1: To each their own?
0: And dogs, I just fucking love dogs.
1: Doesn't... I don't really... I don't know if I have a trigger like that. I might. You probably do. You know one one thing that can actually really, like, immediately get me invested into a uh, scene? What's that? If they're doing it silently. Okay. And I mean, I mean, completely silent. No music, no sound, at most, like, like, just, like like, the voiceless noises that you make as you're doing something.
0: Uh-huh.
1: You, you know, the happy little hum as you're baking in a kitchen, or the grunts as you're manning a heavy object off of yourself. Like, if they do a silent scene like that, a movie automatically gets a few respect points to me. And if they have to have music over it, so long as the music makes sense, it gets a few points to me. And the movie that I think of when I think of a silent scene... I think of up because the entire intro. There's very. There's not much dialogue, especially once we they're, get into their adult lives.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know the, the, f-
1: there's fucking dialogue in their kids. Yeah. There's dialogue when there's kids, but once they actually start developing and moving along with their lives, it's it's just played out. Yeah. Because you just, don't need dialogue to make a powerful scene. Just hear and, snapshots of their life. And. So many people don't realize that because, as a writer, you're taught that you have to constantly be talking to the audience, and when when most writers writers translate to script writing to screenplays, they can't put their words down on the actual page, so they've got to uh, they've got to make their characters chatter on constantly, and it can be really fucking grating. So when I you say writer,
0: you yourself. mean novelist.
1: No, I mean a writer in general.
0: Well, the people who make movies are writers.
1: True. So yes, I do specifically mean novelist, and then they Pe- translate to screenplay and
0: people whose writing medium is the actual written word and not writing for other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like if like T V writers they know how to do that. Like writers wrote that scene. Yeah, I know. I know. And like
1: I always I always praise people when they do that. Because my, one of my favorite moments from comics is, and it's the first time, because every time after that it's kind of just been, oh, we're playing on the cliche, the first time Spider-Man is trapped under a massive pile of rubble, and he doesn't say anything, there's no grunts, there's no noises, it's just panel to panel, him lifting this incredibly heavy object, struggling under the immense weight, and then finally the success, the triumph. And that has stuck with me as a writer, as a as a person who wants to write for comics, as a person who wants to write for television. The silent scene, being as powerful as that, has stuck with me. So, like when like that is really the thing. Like you can you can sell me that you your story is going to be good, even if it's not. If you can have a well executed silent scene just like dogs and families are for you.
0: There's actually something you might be interested in. Um it's a it was actually an initiative that Marvel did for a while called Enough Said, where they released yeah. a, where they released a couple issues of a few different books with no dialogue. Ooh, that sounds fun. They were specifically written so that no one had to speak.
1: That sounds fun. I might have to look into that.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they're good or I don't know if they're good or anything. I think the only like the one like silent comic I remember reading was uh it was actually it was actually a Spider-Man thing, and it was the fallout to Ultimatum. Ultimatum is terrible. Yep. Uh, and it was an it was a Ultimate Universe event where Doctor, or not sorry, Magneto. I
1: read that. I read that book.
0: Yeah, where Magneto got a hold of Thor's hammer and then using it and magnet powers caused massive weather events that included the flooding of New York City. Which was it that the entire book was fucking terrible. Don't read. Don't ever read it. But there was actually a, there was a Fallout issue, a Fallout of Ultimatum book for Spider-Man, where it just kind of showed Spider-Man. It showed not Spider-Man. It showed everyone else going throughout the city trying to find Peter after the events of Ultimatum, and it is entirely silent. And a panel I actually, remember, a, like, a panel I actually remember was um, Kitty meet the Kitty Pride, who is an important character in all of Spider-Man, meets up with Spider Woman, who is a female clone of Peter Parker, who has all of his Comics. memories because it's Spider-Man. Upon Comic see, are weird. yeah, upon seeing Kitty Spider Woman, just fucking is like, holy shit, a person I know! Thank God, dives at her. Dives at her for a hug, but but she just phases through Kitty because Kitty doesn't know who the fuck she is. Great. And just seeing both their faces of like, what the fuck? And then, oh, we need to go help people. Okay, let's go help people. That issue was really well done. And so is the only one. Stitch, Getting back on topic.
1: Getting back on topic. Yeah, Lilo and Stitch is one of my favorite Disney movies. It's not necessarily my favorite um purely because there are so many others that I love.
0: Yeah, but I just I just love the fucking look of this movie. Like every character feels so different to how Disney did characters before. Like the characters, they feel a lot more solid. And like like all, like all the adult characters, they feel They feel more like people than cartoon characters, despite the fact that they still are cartoon characters. Um, All the kids, the kids have this very, like, round quality to them. Like, they still have baby fat on them, almost.
1: Yeah, actually. I I get what you mean.
0: Yeah, like, especially, like, around, like... I
1: never noticed that. Especially
0: around, like, the elbows and knees and stuff. You can see how they, like, kind of... How, like, their arms are kind of like sausages that kind of, like, meet up to the elbow. Then it kind of shrinks down a bit and then goes out to the rest where it's, like... They still look like they still have a bit of, like, you know, childhood weight on them that's uh, the,
1: what this is childhood weight.
0: Yeah, the way Never that it got rid of it. The way that it uh like handles like energy blasts and fire how they're like very bulbous and like liquid almost. It just, just gives it all a very distinct look. Uh the the fact that all of the environments are watercolored while every character while every other character is traditionally animated and colored. It makes the <sighs> world feel a lot more like I'm I'm usually kind of I usually harp on, like, anime or something when characters in the background are too distinct from each other. Mm-hmm. But with this, it works a lot better. It makes the world feel... makes the world feel distinct from anything else Disney put out while still having it anchored with these characters. And the way the characters interact with the environment also works a lot better than it does in, like, the animated stuff that I complain about with, that I complain about, like, stuff like this for. And... It's also kind of weird how Stitch is almost secondary to the story. Because the actual... While emo- the, well, 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 the story is fucking Jumba and Polikly coming down to go fucking get Stitch back, the emotional core of the story is watching this fucking kid as her world slowly falls apart.
1: Ohana oh, means family.
0: Exactly, family shit like
1: that. means no one gets left
0: behind. Yeah, fucking... Oh, man. Uh... Lindsay Ellis did a great video about um, Moana a while back, and just kind of goes in, and she talks a bit about um, like Lilo and Stitch in it, and goes into like the history and shit like that of of all the stuff, like like Ohana and the fucking um, Kaloa Oi song that Nani sings to Lilo the night before Bubbles is coming to take her. Mm-hmm. And how that is apparently like this very. Big fucking song in Hawaii because that song was written by the last queen of Hawaii. Oh, wow. Who was act- Who actually has a bit of a presence in the movie, like the f- song that they're singing at the beginning of the movie. That is a song that mentions her and they're practicing for this dance leading up to a, a event that I believe is about her majesty. Cause like I'm pretty sure it actually says like her majesty, something on a banner at the end of the movie when they're doing like the whole flash forward thing of, Hey, here's the family now.
1: I actually—it's uh, one of the credit sequences that I'll actually watch um, too in this movie, because mm-hmm. uh, they did something with it, yeah, and not just a "ooh, you need to know what's going to happen with the next movie," so you got to watch your fucking credits.
0: Yeah, because there was going to be a next
1: movie. I hate post-credit sequences. <laughs> I made myself mad. <laughs> Thinking
0: about that shit. But no, they just told a story.
1: Yeah, they told a story, and it's a really wonderful story. That kind of makes me sad because of the TV series. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of, like, ignores the boyfriend, the TV series. Yeah. He doesn't really come up much in the TV show, so it's kind of like, did they break up? I feel bad for him. Because they were a cute couple. Oh, well.
0: Yeah, oh, man, I feel so fucking bad for Nani. Yeah, that entire movie, she's just trying her fucking best. And Lilo's not making it easy. <laughs> no, she's not. Because Lilo is Lilo, Lilo was being a fucking kid. She is being one of the truest kids I've seen in an animated movie. Mhm. And she's so like, and she's so like believably weird.
1: I would have been friends with her when we were kids.
0: Oh hell yeah, dude! She's fucking awesome.
1: Well, I was the super weird kid too, so.
0: Bitch. What are you talking to? True. (laughs) The only thing that's changed from me being a kid to now is I'm more afraid to talk to people now.
1: Well, now you have the internet so you can still make friends. Like me! (laughs) Why am I here again?
0: I don't know. I genuinely don't know was that a is that, bl- that you blowing your nose or laughing I can't tell anymore that was, me, that was me blowing my nose
1: I can't I can't not cause if I do then it'll be running down my face and
0: I won't be able to talk man get a fucking neti pot just it's not gonna help with a cold just something flush that shit out
1: I have a cold dead man
0: anyway Little one Stitch is amazing. I fucking love this movie, and I don't know if I would have preferred to have this in the movie or not. But you see, in the movie, like there's a bunch of like behind-the-scenes stuff that uh got shown um, that showed Hawaii as like lo- as like Native Hawaiians having to deal with white people.
1: Mmm, fun.
0: Yeah, like, a, like, there's a couple of scenes that were shown where, like, Lilo's, like, walking down the street with Stitch, and then a car pulls up. And it's like, hey, you speak English? Where's the beach? Oh, I would want to cut a motherfucker. Or, like, when Lilo goes to the beach, it cuts to, like, some white people. It's like, look, a real native. Uh, and Lilo, at one point, stands in front of the ocean and is like, I was like, tourists, prepare to die! Like, trying to summon the ocean to eat up all the white people. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I would have preferred... I don't know if I... I don't know how those would have worked in context of the movie.
1: I would have loved
0: them, but, like... They, they would have been they would have been really hilarious and also really dark.
1: Yeah, they would have probably also been misinterpreted which really I think quickly.
0: It, which I think is why they cut them. I think they... I think, like, they had in... They had enough about a fucking... They had enough about a literal agent of the United States government coming to steal away a child.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That they didn't need... They didn't need explicitly racist white people. Another thing they also changed uh, that I think I read about or like saw like way back in the day before we started doing before I started the site.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This final scene where like a where uh they're on the we're on Jumba's ship trying to hunt trying to chase down Gantu. That was really supposed to be an airplane. Huh? they were supposed to be an airplane that would then fly through a major Hawaiian city I could see that but they even the didn't, design yes but they didn't do that because 9/11 happened and the optics of a plane crashing that. through a major American city not exactly great
1: <laughs> unacceptable
0: yeah that's i Fucking love Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch is amazing. Go watch it.
1: Lilo and Stitch is awesome. Watch it. Respect it. Love it. It is Great.
0: fantastic. That's what we're watching then. On to news, I guess. So we talked about a bit of news at the top of the show. What with the Sony, what with the Sony Disney stuff. That is all happening. I have no idea what the fuck's actually going to come of that, but we'll see. Uh, But, um, moving on from there, Legends of Tomorrow, it is coming in for a fifth season. It is going to be fucking great. I cannot goddamn wait. But, unfortunately, uh, two primary characters, uh, this will be their final season as regulars.
1: Oh, that's a shame.
0: Yes. Brandon Routh, who plays the Adam Ray Palmer, and Courtney Ford, who plays Nora Dark. Uh, Both of them have... Both their characters... Will be written out of the show because, according to their because because, according to the show's writers and creators, they've reached the end of their story.
1: At least they're uh, doing that before they just start writing themselves into circles.
0: Yeah, they are. Yeah, they, yeah, they said that they're doing this just because they'd reached the end of the story with those two, and they didn't want to write themselves in circles. Uh, and. This won't necessarily be the end end for them. They could still potentially come back because you know they're not dead and they're parting on good terms with the, with the people. They just kind of they just said, "Hey, we can't really see any way going forward for this." And wrap it up here. Which, if you're going to write a character off a show, I feel like that's the better way to do it. So many fucking shows they just they'll just kill them.
1: Or not even acknowledge that they've left. You were not even in acknowledge they left, or they'll
0: have them go, they'll have them go away in like a side thing of like, like, hey, yeah, they're here for half the episode, and then at the end of it, they get a dear John letter saying, hey, I've gone off to do other shit. <laughs> but like this seems to be a good way to do it, and uh, another way to go way to another good way to do it. If you're actually looking for that, uh, the Orville actually did a really good job writing off character.
1: Oh yeah, you were really happy about the way they
0: handled that. Yeah, because they had an entire episode that was devoted to her and her relationship with her family, and then that was the impetus for her not coming back for the show. Whereas I believe the behind-the-scenes stuff was she wanted to work on other projects. Yeah, so it's a shame to see him go, but according to, according to statements released by both Brouth and Ford, as well as the creators of the show, they're all departing on good terms. So potentially we could see them come back. Also, in the upcoming Arrowverse thing that they're doing, which is the only was the only reason I'll ever watch anything Arrow-related, Brandon Routh will be reprising his role as Superman. Whoa, that's fucking neat, dude.
1: It's Arrow. I'm sorry, I can't bring myself to be excited for anything Arrow-related.
0: It's also Legends of Tomorrow. It's I'm it's the universe its crossover.
1: I'm gonna ignore its its existence. I'm sorry.
0: I'll watch all the episodes that are released as part of the Crisis of Infinite Earths because I fucking want to.
1: And you have that right.
0: But I fell off Supergirl. Been wanting to get back into that. The Flash is bad. Arrow has always been bad.
1: Yeah, the first season was okay.
0: The second season era was okay. The first season was passable at best. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, then last news, more DC stuff. Uh, the Flash has a director finally.
1: The movie? Yes. Or the TV show? Because i believe uh, either.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, The Flash ha- the Flash movie now has a director. Let's hope this one sticks. Because I'm pretty sure that they have gone through like four or five directors. But yeah, uh, so. Uh, Andy Muschietti. I not pronounce that name right. Uh, the director of It and It Chapter 2. Uh, has confirmed that he is going to be directing the Flash movie next. Woo. DC is still... Firmly in the camp of yes, we should make movies. <laughs> despite having made one and two halves good, which I've explained what that means. If you want to go find, I'm it.
1: trying to remember which are the two halves.
0: Wonder Woman was half all right. Aquaman was terrible, but I enjoyed it. Okay. Shazam was legitimately great. Yeah, I don't don't know, man. Just... I feel like they need to stop.
1: Yeah, they do. They They need to reassess how they're doing these movies.
0: Or just... Or they need to reassess the idea of them making movies about these characters.
1: No, see, they can... There are good characters... There are good movies in uh, in in these characters... They just need to stop making the grim, dark ones.
0: Yeah, they stopped that with Wonder Woman, and that movie was that movie was still just all right.
1: There was still a bit of grim, dark in Wonder Woman.
0: Well, yeah, it was World War One. Exactly. So you're telling me they can't have anything dark ever?
1: No, I'm just move on, Dad. <laughs> I'm getting very tired at this point.
0: Uh, yeah, that does for news. New releases wise, the only thing of note coming out in the next couple of weeks is the next it. I I like need to stop doing the coming soon, like coming up next stuff because those just—I have nothing to say for any of those movies. Really, like,
1: it's going to be interesting.
0: I actually am kind of looking forward to that. Like, uh, that first movie was all—that first movie was pretty good. Yeah,
1: the first movie was all right, so I'm looking forward to the uh, sequel. Yeah, and I based might on, rewatch the. Uh, the uh, original release since that is all adults and with just flashbacks to the kids um, just so I can compare the two but I don't know
0: yeah I did, did, you, did you saw the trailer that was released back like comic-con time
1: nope because I don't care that much
0: yeah I, I saw it. it it looks interesting the main thing I'm wondering with is what they're going to do with Mike because Mike was the black guy right I think so. Yeah, because like the reason he stayed in Derry, like like uh, like uh, outside of just, you know, it stuff is he became a librarian because he was like the history and book guy. They took that from him. So what's left for him as an adult?
1: Um, Either they'll give him what adult fat kid had, which I believe he was like a movie producer or something. No. Who was he? What was adult fat kid? But did he,
0: st- he just die? No, no, uh, no, he didn't die. The kid that died was the uh Jewish kid. Hmm. But no, like like from the trailer, he stayed in dairy.
1: Then they probably gave him back the book thing and let fat kid do his own thing. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like they they obviously don't care. <laughs> Oh fuck! Like they probably just gave him back the uh, the thing, or or they might have made him uh, run the family farm.
0: Maybe who knows?
1: Like, I couldn't leave because I had to take care of the family farm. Fat kid's the
0: librarian. <laughs> <coughs> anyway, that's here for this week. Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back some point with more of this shit.
1: Uh, if I survive, I seem to be getting sicker by the minute.
0: Yeah, been sick a lot lately. Earth. until then though I'm dead
1: and I'm slowly dying see you guys next time bye have a wonderful time